0: Hey everyone, James LeBrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions, and uh, just I just think this is a great show, and these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job. So, once again, enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian.
1: up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater-centric podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, CMSNetwork.com, and of course, the CMS Network Rumble page. You can find us at those locations every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are tuned in on YouTube, don't forget to click that like button, click that subscribe button, and smash that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live without further ado let me bring on my esteemed co-host a man who uh, had the uh, good fortune of uh, celebrating a milestone birthday in the year we're going to be discussing 2002 he turned 60 in 2002, ladies and gentlemen, of course, I am talking about Brian. What's up, man?
0: <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's been a while since we actually did, a, I guess, what we call a normal podcast. You know, we kind of yeah. did the what's coming for Dream Theater, and we had the uh, the unfortunate uh, episode about your dad. But I, I just want to real quick say thank you once again to everyone who was on that show live, who commented, you know, the, the thoughts about your dad. That was a great great episode. And I just want to remind everybody how cool that was. And even if, you know, if you're not a huge Dream Theater fan, if you're just like a fan of the show in general, go check that one out.
1: Yeah, I, I second that very much, man. Um, to all you guys that tuned in, I appreciated it very, very much. I appreciate it. I still do. Um, I got a lot of private messages off of that, Brian, and yeah. uh, you guys are just awesome. Um, so I, I really, really appreciate that, guys. That was very cool of you. I know it was kind of a self-serving episode to do, but no. – um, not at it all, was, well, I, dude, it was great. And I, I think one of the one of the coolest things that people said, um, you know, I know I talked to Joe Gebhardt and JG three and stuff like that. And, um, you know, a bunch of people and several people said that they thought it was kind of cool that we were real, that we, you know, we weren't just trying yeah. to be like two talking heads or characters or something like that. They they thought it was cool that we were just honest and real about who we were and, and things going on. So um, that's that's I that's that to me is like an, an extreme compliment.
0: So that was a great show. And I want to get to something that sometimes we forget that we get, excuse me, do get these messages uh, over Facebook and a buddy of mine, Michael McCollum. He's a dude who completely kicked the crap out of cancer's ass. I played, played, played in a band with him before he was in the four horsemen for a time. Awesome bass player. He's played with Ripper Owens on a couple occasions. He just sent a message saying, Hey, I'm new to your pod. Um, I think I told him about it a while back, but it took him a while to dive in. But he's just real quick, he said, here's my current top 10 panic attack. You're going to love this, John. Moment of Betrayal. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, As I Am, Glass Prison, nothing wrong with those. Root of All Evil, New Millennium, Dark Eternal Night count of tuscany i'll won't throw that out of bed <laughs> nice uh pull me under hollow years nightmare to remember but anyway this is a guy who's a friend of mine music fan he was always kind of into dream theater but we have pushed him over the edge to discover <laughs> the entire catalog including loving the astonishing so it's go, It kind of goes back to the episode where we were real and we said at the end this is why we do the show is to talk about you know talk about everything and uh and become this community. So anyway, uh thanks, uh Michael McCollum, aka Metal Pete, for that awesome message. Very cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually just
1: myself this week was talking to a co-worker and he he was asking about the podcasts that I do, and I'd mentioned this one. And he said, You know, Dream Theater is a band I've always tried to get into, but I've never really it's kind of daunting. And I said, Well, he's like, do you recommend any songs? I said, Well, have I got an episode for you? So I sent over the, uh, it was episode three of all things, our third episode ever. we I just sent over the, you know, the Gateway Dream Theater songs video, and he checked it out, and he just hit me up this morning. He's like, dude, that's pretty cool. He's like, I like that. He's like, I don't know if I can get into the rest. I'm trying, but those are some damn good tunes. You made some good selections, so.
0: Well well yeah, speaking so of frankly, a guy that has no interest whatsoever in listening to Dream Theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a, a segue. <laughs> so let, let let's bring him on. Uh he you you know him, you love him from the classic metal show. Chris Aiken presents, uh the Seth Williams show, any number of different things that he does. Uh hey, talking into infinity, one of our very favorite special guest hosts. He is he is uh one of my very, very best friends in my life. Uh he is, of course, the mighty Chris Aiken. What's up, man? What
2: is up, guys? Brian, happy 82nd to you. It's nice yeah. Nice to talk to you.
1: <laughs> Always got to get the age jokes in there, man. Oh, and, man. And, and
2: me, me, who's horrible at math, I'm sitting here trying to calculate it. Is that 72? Is that 76? You know, I'm
1: an idiot with math, but I think I was, I'm right I was on very 82. impressed. Yeah, you were, and I was like, wow, he got it. He sucks at math. That's awesome. Man, oh, man. What is up, boys? How are we doing? Not too bad. Not too bad, man. So, right off the rip man um oh god hold on we got some realism chastity hopefully it's not too personal but you are a friend chastity said she had a shitty day she said i don't want to bring the show down but i found out my aunt and uncle were killed last night in a car accident so this is a great show anyway but loving the timing to chastity man so many condolences that's awful man, i am so terrible. sorry to hear that man wow well glad we can bring a little bit of light into into your day i'm very very sorry man much love
0: to you much love to you dude oh. Yes, uh Tyson Leslie <laughs> he's on here live with us there we go know? what's up Tyson <laughs> thanks for tuning in man thanks for checking out the show and I'm, I'm not trying to skip chastity's comment that is that is absolutely horrible but uh yeah good good brand new good new friend Tyson Leslie uh I'm gonna be seeing him literally in uh let's see nine days on the monsters of rock cruise he's watching from his car <laughs> you you may not be seeing him he's watching from his car
1: <laughs> yeah no, really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So safe, safe driving technique displayed by a Tyson over there. Yeah, and roll.
0: Be careful, buddy. Um, awesome yeah. to have you on the show. All right. So, 2002, uh, Aiken. What? Where in the world were you? What were you up to?
2: Ah, uh, what was I doing? I was working. I know that. I was. I don't remember what. I, I think I was working at a law firm. I think. Um, and I know I was. That was like kind of the maybe near the end of my commercial radio run. I was, um, I, I believe I was on 92, three being a shock jock over there. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was, I was just doing my thing. I was being myself, being a pain in the ass that I always was. And, um, what I do remember most about that era, like 2002, like 2000 to 2005 is that is probably the heaviest musical era of my life. That was, I had kind of, so you know, I I had been an '80s guy, you know, for for a long time, and I hung on to it way after everybody else did. I was still listening to <laughs> Doc and Warrant and Great White till about 2000, and then it just was done. 2000, 2000s on, I just everything got heavier and heavier and heavier, and death metal became more and more and more. And you know, I got into like this really heavy phase. So so yeah, that's pretty much what I was doing. It was just being a slug working it out like everybody else and at night wearing my wearing my decapitated hats and t-shirts nice. and going
0: out to metal shows well we're not going to have too many crossover uh, albums I guess with John and I then I don't think so probably <laughs> not I I was I was trying
2: to there's like and we'll get to it if we do all 10 but I I have a feeling there are two two that John has heard And maybe two that you'll like. Okay, that you'll like, Brian. But
1: but the rest is all like really heavy stuff or pretty heavy stuff. (laughs) I have eight, and you you would kind of be one of them. I'm going to get absolutely crucified for. So I got crucified for it back then. I'm going to get crucified for it all over again, especially with you know some recent stuff. But um, (laughs) yeah, my mine is surprisingly heavy. I think that that might be a little shocking. But the one thing I was going to say is it's funny because like this was a difficult year for me to, I looked up all the records. I'm like, "Goo man. So when I found out you were jumping on Aiken, I was like, okay, good. We can drop it from 10 albums to eight. Like, I was like, thank God. And then I was talking to one of my team members this morning. He was asking about the show when I brought up what year we were doing. He He's a little familiar with dream theater. And, and he said, when's the next one? And I said, Oh, yeah. Train of thought. I'm like, he's like 2003. I'm like, yeah, I looked up 2003. I was like, all right, well, at least I know the next time we do this, it's going to be really easy because I'm going to have a hard time cutting albums out because there's a ton that I love. 2002, not so much. <laughs> Meanwhile, words.
2: I had a list of like 40 that I had to cut. Down.
1: <laughs> of course you did. Nice. Yeah, You're not I, a narrow-minded
0: I, prick like me. I, I struggled to, to find a real quick before we get to the music. We always do this thing with the movies. So, a uh, real quick thumbs up or thumbs down for these movies. Insomnia. Uh, that's that's Christopher Nolan kind of in the beginning. Pacino and Robert Will- Robin Williams? Never saw it. Never saw it. Okay, great movie, I'll say. A uh, Red Dragon, probably the best sequel uh La- Silence of the Lambs.
1: Oh, I'll take Hannibal over that any day. Take but that's Hannibal still over a, that? s- still a great movie.
0: Okay, Minority Report. Great movie. De- Decent town that was crews. good. Yeah, like The it. First Spider-Man. It's hard to believe that's been 20 years now.
1: I like that. That's not really an Aiken movie. He's not a
0: Believe it or not, I like that one. I saw that one. like that one? Okay. Okay. I like
1: Uh, that one. This is considered a musical, (laughs) Eight Mile. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. That was, I saw it. I I was always fascinated how people are like, Eminem is such a good actor. I'm like, he's being himself. How can you not act as yourself?
0: Uh, (laughs) Two Towers, JG3 pointed out, of course, which I thought was, I don't know if I liked it as much as Lord of the Rings. Solid. Solid movie. Uh, one. How hour is it photo. different from Lord of the Rings? It, it's not really. That's, I guess. <laughs> we're walking. We're walking. There's a ring. We're walking. Got it. Yeah. It's it's right, 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 the end. right out of Silent Bob. <laughs> one hour photo. I thought that was a good uh, Robin Williams creepy movie once again. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Road to Perdition. Good Tom Love Hanks. Uh, As I'm yeah, dying over so. here. Love anyway, it. That's a great a, movie. That's what I got for movies. Um, but, uh, yeah. Really? Really?
1: That's all you got for movies in 2002? Yeah, I don't know anything else that came out.
0: Oh, God, you did this. Austin
1: Powers? Yeah, you
2: missed Austin Powers. Okay, sorry. Men in Black 2? There
1: you go. JG3 is a Two Towers fan. Robert Husted, good to see you, brother. He says he is a Two Towers fan.
0: Is that Attack of the Clones or no?
1: It's Attack of the Clones, yes it is. Okay,
0: I was just kidding
1: generally regarded as the shittiest star wars movie until the rise of skywalker came along but i love it so and it's, it's funny it's,
0: i i liked it i really liked attack of the clones at the time and now uh not so much
1: see and and most star wars nerds are the opposite it was like the hated movie and now people are kind of coming around to it as it's aged a lot so didn't like uh, it then don't, don't like, like it now <laughs> <laughs> look at this all right i'm gonna mess up your name bro but uh Joe Sox Atlantis is watching from Spain like always. That's all. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, man. whats It's got to be like
2: four in the morning there or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in, bro. The podcast from
0: Spain fall mainly in the rain. I don't know what to say. Dude, <laughs> right? this is our first person from Spain ever. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Kale, good to see you, man. He says, I also love Attack of the Clones. Oh, so oh shocker.
0: Too. There we go.
1: All right. So... I did once again I did not rank mine in order I I have my favorite which I'll do last but otherwise my list is just chronological. So All right. Uh okay Je, uh Jezok's Atlantis he says it's 144 exactly. Woo. All right, yeah. That's so six, hours. 6 hours. Look at you. Thanks, man. All right. So, all right. So, uh <laughs> Brian since this is your idea, I will let you go first. We each have 8 albums. So, what is, what, is, what is your first selection? If you were in 2002, you walk into the record store, and you cannot buy Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence,
0: what else are you buying? What is the first album on your list? All right, I'm interested to hear Aiken's take on this. I have L.A. Guns, Waking the Dead.
2: It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's I, I, I know the album. <laughs> okay. I, I I know the it's not on my list I'll tell you that much um, yeah <laughs> it's okay that that's like one of the non-tracy guns albums right isn't that no he, no, I,
0: no he's actually still on there so is he him. on that one yeah so mm. is there anything more uncool probably in the year 2002 than la guns I, I'm guessing no right so <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much no.
2: was that the album that they did with the um okay let's roll on it because yep, they had yep. to jump on the um the 911 yep. bandwagon.
0: Which I actually think is a decent song. So Andy Johns produced it. Um, the first couple songs I think are really cool. Don't look at me that way, and then it goes into that Let's Roll, which is like a tribute to the, you know, the hijackers on the on the nine eleven flights. Uh, there's a killer solo in the title track, Waking the Dead. Um, again, Andy Johns. You know, he was one of the go-to guys of the '80s era, and I think he nails the essence of L.A. Guns. Uh, Hellraiser's Ball, really cool. It's, you know, sounds like you're in a biker bar in 1986 or something. Uh, city of angels is a great course I, I think you know what stands out is phil lewis's voice on this it's just really top form the melodies are top notch and you know it's la Guns, so most of the time they get you in and out of there in four to four and a half minutes you know tops yeah. and that's that's the way it should be but the riffs are definitely there and i i think it's probably the best they had done since uh, hollywood vampires
2: yeah, I mean, they're cool. They're Tracy's not. He's a dick. But the rest of those guys are cool. And, um, you know, I, as, as a player, Tracy's a good player. Um, Phil Lewis still sounds good. If you want to be honest about it, I mean, he looks like a pirate, but he sounds great. <laughs> he, he absolutely still today sounds pretty much like he did in 1988 when we first discovered him. I mean, he... Waking the Dead. I don't know. It was there was there's like a whole list of those records that I can't tell one from the other. That Hollywood Forever, um, you know, uh, pfft, the others. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't even remember a lot of those. But um, you know, it's okay. I guess not 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 my top. Definitely not in my top fifty. But it's it's all right.
1: Yeah, JG three says, "Well, I guess that's considered music." (laughs) Boy, he's really (laughs) not going to
2: like my list then. (laughs) Yeah, no shit, no shit. Well,
1: what? So, what is uh, first on your list, Chris?
2: Well, the the lowest of my list is um, Propane Shreds of Dignity. I I love Propane. They're they're as just heavy as as any band can be. You know, they came out of the punk world, and it's just blah. Three minute bursts at most of just straight up killing. Um The it had the one thing about Shreds of Dignity that I thought was cool was it had this song called "Gone Fishing" and when you when you saw that on the list you were like, "Hmm, that's kind of odd." <laughs> and the, until you play it, and then it's still just another three minute blast of just hate. You know, <laughs> right? it, it it's just straight up rage music. And that's where I was at at the time. So for me, shreds of dignity from propane would be my uh, my first one on the list.
1: Okay, I'm I'm not overly familiar with propane. I just know it's like hardcore, basically. And yeah, I don't I don't listen to a ton of that because it it, I think it's just the repetition of it for me. It does you know once you've heard kind of one record to me it kind of blends together like ACDC or something. Um, but you know I, I like some of it, so. All right, propane. I'm, I'm, a, I'm familiar with them, just not that familiar. <laughs>
2: I've heard of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. That's what it's
0: going to be a lot of this list. <laughs>
1: pretty much. Pretty much. He uses well, it all,
0: all the time to grill, so he's very familiar with it. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So mine, mine, uh, my first record on this list was released on March 5th of 2002, and it's one of, uh, one of my favorite bands, actually. And I know Aiken loves this band, and this guy... It is, of course, Black Label Society 1919 Eternal. It's a kick-ass record. The only thing that holds this record back for me is the production. There, I, Zach Wilde apparently hated the bass guitar on a couple of these early Black Label records, and this is definitely one of them, but th- this album just rocks, man. Bleed For Me, Demise of Sanity, uh, Graveyard Disciples, Genocide Junkies. Like it's This record just absolutely sl- just kicks ass, so I'm a huge Zach Wild fan. I love a lot of the Black Label catalog. Um, kind of hit and miss for me. I would have to say if I have a favorite Black Label record, it's Mafia. Um, Gee, you and everybody else. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just I like the I like the production on it, and there's there's a couple songs on that that are really underrated. I think that no one really talks about. Um, but yeah, Black Label, I, I like I and I, I like this record because it kind of is before. He got into that pattern of having to have like three ballads on every record that sound exactly the same. And I do not like (laughs) the Black Label ballads at all. No offense, Uh, Zach Wilde, but I'm not a fan. But um, yeah, Black Label Society, 1919 Eternal. See, I didn't put that. That didn't even make my top 50
2: either. I did did not like that record at all. Same reason you're saying I I hated the production. I thought Bleed For Me was a crap song. Uh, It just, you know, all right, I bleed for you. Got it you're bleeding (laughs) great you know I, i i that was like the the album that came and that just slowed everything down like they were you know with stronger than death and with the debut and you know leading into it everything was so freaking monstrous then you got that one and then you followed it with another shit one with shot to hell i think was the next one i believe after that and i was like yeah this really ain't doing it with the right concrete jungle or whatever was the was the hit off of that one it's like Ooh. yeah that that's that lost me for a little bit but that being said i love black label i've seen them a numerous times. hell i interviewed jeff fab the drummer yesterday so <laughs> i'm <laughs> all go. in on i'm all in on black label but um not that one missed that's a
1: miss for me hey yeah well, K- Kale McLeish brings up Audio Slave by Audio Slave, a band I was not a fan of. I am not a fan of Rage. And I Chris Cornell is an extremely talented vocalist, but I hated his voice. So he put the two together, and it was just, yeah, not a fan. Well, you might get to hear
0: more about something you're not a fan about later than <laughs> <laughs> I have, there's probably going to be a lot of that. So <laughs> I, I do want to say uh, in our, on our messages earlier. So Steve, I don't know if it's Maloney, M-I-L-O-N-E uh, from, from Jersey. He's actually at, uh, at the Pantera show at the garden tonight. Um, he did have 1919, a turtle black label society on there. So I wanted to bring that up, John.
1: Yep. Like I say, I mean the production, <laughs> but I like the songs. So, you know, all right, Brian. So what do you have uh, as second on your list?
0: At number two, and I'm sure everyone probably thought this would be on here, I've got Rush Vapor Trails. Um, The album starts out, it really does not sound like Rush at all. It almost sounds like that Uma Thurman dance with that Dick Dale surf guitar thing, Um, but there's a really killer groove, um, drum beat laid down by Neil Peart. Uh, A lot of heavy, awesome, foreboding kind of guitar work from Alex. Uh, The pace kind of just keeps going, the ceiling unlimited, really cool rocker. and there's kind of this, like, it's a dark record. It's sort of melancholy yeah. and, you know, desperate, peaceable kingdom. The title track, Vapor Trails, same thing. Um, and then we get the fourth part of the Fear Trilogy, which I don't even know if you're allowed to call it a trilogy anymore. So they put they, they did put a fourth part. Song I was going to say. Yeah, it's called Freeze, uh, which I didn't even, I guess, know until till recently. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, there was a period there where Rush was overproduced to the point of exhaustion. You know, there was as many arpeggiators, sequencers, keyboards as we can cram in. And it, I was actually a huge fan of that. I still thought it was cool. But, you know, this is this is Rush at its essence when it's a three-piece rock band, you know. And they the way they actually end the album is out of the cradle. And, he, you know, the, the lyric is endlessly rocking. That's what he keeps kind of saying over and over. So they really sort of got back to that, that you know, three-piece Zeppelinist you know, sort of style of roots on this album. And I think it's a really cool album. Yeah, I was just, uh,
1: I finished Getty Lee's uh, autobiography a couple weeks ago. And when, when he was talking about this record, it was basically their comeback record um, after Neil Peart had taken off a bunch of time because his daughter died and whatnot. And um, Getty Lee was saying that, that mixing this record was a complete and total bitch. He said it was like the hardest one that they ever had to do, <laughs> like because there's so much goofy stuff going on. And, you know, they they had to use some of the demo tracks, which didn't mix well with the the recorded tracks from later on. Like it's so there, there's a lot about this record in that book. But I mean, I, I listened to this and this and I I think it's the second. I don't know what the name of the song is, but track two I thought was really cool. Um, Rush is one of those bands that like I love moving pictures. Go figure who doesn't. And I like a bunch of other songs, but I keep trying to get into them, and it's just as a, as a whole, they just they, they don't grab
0: me. Yeah, that second but song is uh, "Ceiling Unlimited," and and this this study is not going to be a album where you're going to find stuff that's going to you know other than probably that one you know grab you really. Yeah, uh, Aiken, where are you at with Rush? Chronicles is all
2: I need. That's that's pretty much it. I don't I don't need any of the albums. I the greatest hits. It has pretty much everything I like. I, you know, like some of the hits, don't like some of the hits. Everything from Grease Under Pressure on was just garbage to me. Just, again, <laughs> perfect for this show. A little too proggy for me, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, I don't know. They're, they're okay. I've seen them a bunch of times. I've walked out on them a bunch of times, which I know is sacrilege. But, you know, at least three different times I went and saw Mr. Big and left. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. I'm just not a fan. I I. Some about Getty's voice just didn't jive with me I know they're great musicians I'm not trying to say that they're shitty musicians or anything they're they're obviously world class but I don't know long songs songs about trees nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not not my thing
1: all right well rush is not your thing but what is your thing meaning the second choice on your list of albums from 2002.
2: Um, I'm going to go back to my mayhem fest days and I'm going with kill, switch, engage alive or just breathing.
1: Yeah. Well, you you, t- you just took one off of Brian's list. <laughs> it's a
2: killer record. If I'm not mistaken, it's the last one Jesse did for like a long time for
0: yep.
2: 15 years or something. Um, and it's t- to me, it's the last one that was just fire breathing, you know, the, the, when when they brought in howard they went a different direction a little more melodic i would say where the the earlier stuff was much much heavier alive and just breathing was kind of that crossover both obviously my lap my last serenade was huge for them uh fixation on the darkness was a great great tune on that record um and seeing them a bunch of times they're that that's kind of one of the themes of, of my little list here is I've seen all these bands numerous times and Killswitch was a, was a band. I'll be honest, I didn't really love Killswitch at first until I saw them. And then once I saw them and you just saw that the energy that that Ad, Adam had and that Leech had and then later even Howard Jones had in the band, man, they just won you over. And so yeah, for me alive and just breathing is is right there Great record. I still listen to it all the time. It's a fantastic,
1: fantastic disc. Awesome. That's John's. (laughs) Like,
2: yeah, I've heard of them, but I've never seen them before. I'm familiar. I'm
1: familiar. (laughs) Like Chastity Crawley. That description, Chris. Long songs. Songs about trees. Do you like the Lord of the Lord of the Ring books? Tolkien books now. Ages describing trees. <laughs> Chris only writes Chris only writes books. He does not read books. I, I
2: don't read books. I just write you 'em. You're 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 hundred yeah. percent right. I've I've read like
0: two hey, in my life. That's the mark of a true writer though. You you don't have time to read. You're too busy writing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, I am
2: too busy. Not writing, but too, too busy.
1: busy. <laughs> no, I know, I know I know of uh, I know Kill Switch. I, I listen to him a little bit. It's not anything like I just it's not like a go to for me, but I, I know some of their stuff. Um, oh, yeah, name three songs. I couldn't name a song. <laughs> I don't I don't have to. Look, man, there's plenty of bands I know who they are, and I've listened to a few tunes, but I don't know about them. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, okay, that's kind of cool. It's interesting to listen to. you know um this this next band on my list might be one of those. This is gonna be a weird one, and Chris, you're gonna think I'm full of crap for this, and probably Brian too. but this is this is like a record by a band you would never think I listen to. But this particular record is just kind of the one that I, I, I fell into it a few years ago, and now this is just a mindless, dumb, heavy, repetitive, like forty-minute album of just, you know, if you want to just like grab a sledgehammer and pound something into dust. Uh, it was released on March uh, March twelfth of two thousand two, and it is the sophomore effort from Hatebreed, Perseverance. I love so, that album. Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, I mean. I, I don't think you and I have ever talked about the fact that I listen to Hatebreed here and there. So, like, yeah. you know, no, I, I love Hatebreed's great. That's the one with um, I will I w- be heard. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. yeah. And, yeah. and- yeah. "Persevere." has done the-, the breakdowns on that record are fucking Red- well, and- um, am I supposed to not swear? Or swear? No, you, know, you can swear in the show. All right, <laughs> I didn't remember, yeah. but um, um, yeah, that that record rules, man. I I forgot. I should have that on my list, that I don't. But
1: yeah, it's it's like it's one of the. It's just like it, I mean, it. it breed's one of those bands that falls under that, you know that that header that I just mentioned a few minutes ago of like it, yeah. it's repetitive all the time, mm-hmm. but it's like if you just like I I listened to it the other day prepping for the show, and it's like it's just like forty minutes of just jamie josta screaming like like we are all together and will overcome you know yeah. with like super heavy heavy riffs and everything it's like some thrash there's some you know hardcore but like you said the breakdowns are just fucking brutal and i love yeah. that kind of stuff and it's got you know the production is heavy and you know it's that early 2000s like super mm-hmm. crunchy like gainy like guitar and everything and um oh, so, yeah. yeah it's cool man it's got it's got some great tunes on there i i, I dig it so my number two is Hatebreed. So I'll tell you a quick hate breed story for this album.
2: We, Matt and I, when I was doing the metal show, we brought them in for like a meet and greet. It was supposed to be, we used to do these things called extreme sessions at a studio. Yeah. And for some reason they couldn't come to the studio. We had to, we had to shift day of to the, to the, um, venue so and and with it you know it was like 10 fans would get invited and the band would come and jam two three four five songs for the band it was like a private sound check which it was always fun hate breed because they had to make everybody shift and we we switched up on on everybody literally day of and had to call everybody they played like an hour for for these for 10 fans at three o'clock in the afternoon and midway through the set josta pulled out this big old cooler full of beer and uh-huh. set it on the floor at the um i forget where this was i think it was the agora just set it on the floor at the agora and everybody was drinking the beers and you know <laughs> that jamie gave them while they jammed and then and then the band came off and grabbed some beers and took pictures and signed autograph it was the coolest thing and and we had a recording of it we have a recording of it somewhere actually
1: still it was really fun They're, those guys are cool man oh, nice. That- <laughs> That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah, Jost is one of those guys that like again, I don't follow the band too much, but he just seems cool to me. Like he, you know, he's a metal fan and he you know, he does all those interviews. He had the Josta show and like he's just a cool dude, man. He's like he's like the non-dickhead like loser version of Corey Taylor. You know? (laughs) Like it's like Corey Taylor, just like he it's like he's like a metal fan, but you you want to get behind that guy, but he's such a damn whiner and just it's Mm -hmm. like shut up. Whereas Jamie Josta, you're like, dude, I want to go drinking with this guy. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. You know?
0: So, uh, all right, Brian. So, what do you have at number three on your list? I do want to bring up uh, JG three. We'll go through his list quick quickly. He's got Vapor Trails, Rush. Uh, I lost it there. Did you I will do it? Go ahead. Yes.
1: No, no, no. I say I'll, I'll do the comment. Box. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pain of Salvation, Remedy, Coldplay, Rush of Blood to the Head, Maroon 5, Songs About Jane. I'm surprised you don't, you're kind of a Maroon 5 fan, John, or no? I'm not trying to be funny here.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Okay. I actually thought you were, I wasn't trying to make a joke there. No. Okay. Uh, Second 5, Peter Gabriel, Porcupine Tree, uh, Flaming Lips, Symphony X, The Odyssey. I wonder if that's going to show up on anyone's list.
1: I was going to (laughs) say. That's a
0: good one. Spock's Beard, Snow. I know nothing about Spock's beard. Is that the band you get into at all, Chris? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, no. Yeah. That's like one of those Neil Morse bands and Morse or yeah. whatever. Like, Okay, yeah. that time I wasn't trying to be serious. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I'm down to number three. Okay, here's time for me to get annihilated. I've got Boston Corporate America. I wow. Fully, <laughs> I fully admit I love everything Boston has ever done. It's absolutely over-the-top processing of the guitars and vocals. But it's beautiful ear candy to this 82-year-old man. You know, pr- production-wise, it still sounds like it was done using a four-track recorder, especially with those cheap, <laughs> fake Sin drums. And I don't know, but this is a Tom Schultz thing, and he is never going to get off of this. This train of doing drums this way, I don't know what caused him to go this route, but that's what it is. But you still got Brad Delp on most of the songs. I mean, Brad Delp is one of the most incredibly hauntingly beautiful, powerful voices in the history of rock. Nobody on the planet can sing like him in that range and that tone. Um, there's There's also Fran Cosmo does lead vocals on this. There's kind of a, it almost sounds like an Oasis song, Stare Out Your Window kind of a cool thing, but as usual, like every song other than that is about basically the pursuit and feeling of finding the one, you know, or being a teenager in love. It's like, I had a really good time, didn't mean to fall in love, you gave up on love. No, these are not titles from Michael Bolton's greatest hits. (laughs) They're not the last two Celine Dion albums, but it's the majority of corporate America. The only thing that kind of breaks it up is the title track. It's like, uh, You know, Tom Schultz is kind of a renowned PETA, EPA activist, so this is sort of like his Rage Against the Machine. I don't mean the way it sounds, but this is, you know, it's fighting back against them. But, it's you know, the song, again, it's got this huge melody and chorus, and it's like, if you find yourself not singing along to, like, 75% of this album, you know, then I I don't know. I think you're, like, tone deaf melodically. But that's how I've always been with Boston, so.
1: I I know nothing about Boston. I just know who they are, (laughs)
2: of course yeah I'll, I'll say it's great grilling music that's for
1: sure <laughs> i was i was waiting for that to use with oh. your propane yeah oh. exactly i don't i don't i don't think brian gets your joke there I, no he I, doesn't I,
0: I got it i got it
1: <laughs> turn the
2: propane shit. up in the bathroom and get to it <laughs> right
1: oh, god well all right mm. so what's what's number three on your list aiken
2: John, I know you'll hate this one since we're taking our shots. This will be my Take My Shot one. Um, Believe by Disturbed. I still listen to this record a ton. Um, I love the song Liberate. I love the song Awaken. Uh, Prayer was okay. I I remember, the funny thing is, I remember the first time I heard it, I hated it. I hated, especially Prayer, because the first record is so, like, in your face and angry. And then it was like, this is the way I pray. I was like, ugh. Who cares how you pray, you <laughs> fuck? You know, it was like, it was, like it, it was soft and I didn't like it, but the album grew on me. I still listen to it a lot, actually. And um, they're one of those bands that you either like them or you hate them. There's really no, I don't know anybody that's like, yeah, Disturbed, they're okay. You know, you know people just have a a harshness to them or a, a total love. I guess I fall into total love. I, I still like everything that they do, so. That's my that's my number whatever we're at number three. All
1: right. Well, cool. I I met David Draymond. I met the band at the Rock Hall when they did what they were doing that MTV show where they would have like the band play live at the Rock Hall or whatever. And mm-hmm. super nice guy. Super nice guy. Um, hmm. I, Didn't I you I was... and
2: I see them live on, on this tour with Seven Dust?
1: Yeah. I think we did yeah. on
2: this tour. Yeah. It
1: was was. Was that?
2: I think that's the China tour.
1: I was gonna say, there was man, <laughs>
2: Brian. You don't know this story.
1: <laughs> so Go ahead, for, John. Save it this for is, after the show, maybe. Uh,
0: no, no, no. This, no. Is, this okay. could be a
1: little misogynistic, but it was funny. Like we were, so it was, it was like Seven Dust and Disturbed, and there was some chick. Like we were on the floor and up in the lower bowl of seating. There was there was some woman and she was like buff, like workout woman. And but she was wearing like chainmail or something for a top. And she kept like teasing people like she was going to pull her shirt up or something. And Aiken just screams out in the silence like, show us your tits, China. It was, like, <laughs> it was amazing. That doesn't
2: sound so, like him at all, though. I know. No, I know. It was so, a rare yeah, moment for me. <laughs> that was,
0: yeah, that
1: was awesome. Well, I oh don't know. If,
0: I guess Tyson probably booked a while ago, but he's like uh, good buddies with whoever the current bass player is for Disturbed. He hung out with them there. John Mayer. John Moyer. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. So he's friends with him. So we, and, and, and we're friends with him. So you know, we're friends with friends with the friend of, I guess. Uh, six, well, six, I'm friends six, six, with three their three current opening guys. band. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're friends with everybody, Aiken, So like, you get yeah, to live through cool life. Uh, John's, <laughs> buddy, right. dis, John's buddy. John's buddy, discuss metal. Joe has corn untouchables. I don't know if that probably isn't going to come up because I don't think either of you guys are huge corn fans. That was kind of right outside my top eight.
1: Yeah, I'm not a corn guy.
0: Never I really like them.
1: Didn't gonna... love that album.
0: No. Yeah,
1: I think I think Joe makes a good point. He says I still think some of those thin sounding rock records were made to sound bad on purpose because of fuck you Napster. These MP- MP3s sound like garbage, so we'll do it that way. Like I mean, yeah, that worked. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it didn't work so good, but you know, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But uh, well, next on my list, I actually one of two live albums I actually have on my list from this year. Um, again, one of my favorite bands. The frontman's a total dickhead, but uh, March nineteenth of two thousand two, I am going with Megadeth, Rude Awakening. Uh, you know, I, it's a damn long live album, which I like. They didn't, you know, cut out a lot of stuff. Although they could have. I mean, when you put crap like Burning Bridges in there, you know, it's like okay. Like whatever, but um, you know Dave Mustaine still sounds at the top of his game. You know this was um, you know the end of the Cryptic Writings tour basically, because it was before. Uh, or let me think. Yeah, it would have to be because yeah, none of none of the that shitty album Risk is on there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean this is this is a great album. It's it's got some really cool cuts. Of it you know Kill the King is is really good. Uh, so so that was that was a cool um. That was a cool selection. I could have done without Return to Hanger, but that was, you know, you got Hook and Mouth on here. Almost Honest is kind of an underrated song for me. I think you got Ashes in Your Mouth. Uh, so, you know, there, there's some cool things on here. You know, Train of Consequences. There's some good stuff that you don't... I, I think this was, you know, a good set list for them because it wasn't the typical, here's Sweating Bullets, hangar 18, Holy Wars, Peace Cells, In My Darkest... Like, there was actually some cool like deeper cuts on this one so i i really like it and um you know as much as i think jimmy DeGrasso and al petrelli were bad fits for the band i think this is a cool sounding record so good production good set list so megadeth rude awakening so and I, I know no nope. not nope. a fan
2: <laughs> not a fan of Sabbath, death
1: no no <laughs> look at that jg3 look at this man and how dare you talk about Risk? That album crushes. that. Look at this pun! Stop! I oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this. Oh god, dude. Of
0: all their albums named after a board game, that was the most amazing. Oh. <laughs> <It's>,
1: Kale, <laughs> Kale, thank you for the correction. He says it's World Meets a Hero Tour. That's why I I couldn't remember the one between Cryptic Writings and
0: uh, Risk. Well, that was That's a rude shit. awakening for you then to get corrected, huh, John?
1: Apparently, it was. Apparently, <laughs> it was. All right, so uh, Brian, what do you have as number four?
0: Oh, we we missed one of Kale's here. Uh, he had "Let Go" by Avril Lavigne, and he still listens to "Skater Boy," "Complicated," "Anything But Ordinary," and we're supposed to sue him. No, I'm not going to sue you, Kale.
1: You even notice how like people have these lists and go, "Okay, don't at me," yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, well, look, you like it, you like it. I mean, what what the yeah. hell?
0: All right, where are we at? Number four. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on this. I know Bob Hurd loves this album. I've got Ra from One. Uh, love the killer Middle Eastern intro. You know, obviously that's kind of the heritage of these guys. That that was their big hit, Do You Call My Name. They're kind of a heavier version of Incubus. There's a little bit of flavors of STP along the way. Uh, second song, Rectifier. Absolutely love the riff on that. It's one of those songs that's able to mix a clean and distorted riff kind of going at the same time, which is always killer. The bass really drives it. Um, I will say maybe at 12 songs i maybe cut just a couple off of here it's a little bit front loaded but some tracks at the end song called scorn that's spelled s-k-o-r-n which i think is almost borderline paying I'm, om- om- is it homage or homage to corn <laughs> uh, i don't think i don't think that's a coincidence i'm not even kidding on that one probably um, not there's a cool really atmospheric kind of contemplative uh song called walking and thinking it's a nice uh overall balance between heavy and light and it makes the album stand up on its own as being unique and uh I don't know I always think it's kind of cool on an acoustic kind of song when you can actually hear the you know the the hands being moved on the frets you know it's just like a little I know yeah. in production they try to take all that out but sometimes when you could just hear just a hint of it over a cool song it really sort of sells it at being real and uh, I don't know I just like this album this band has never really gotten a ton of acclaim or anything I think they were kind of a one or two album wonder and just sort of faded away maybe they're still floating around I don't know but I think this is a cool album.
2: Well, they're definitely still floating around because I'll be broadcasting from their show on March the 19th with... Um them flaw soil and um Union Underground from the oh, Winchester, nice. so nice. they're definitely still around. And, uh, and, and if you watch the CMS Network, see, I just turned this right into a, into a spot, <laughs> into a <plug>. but <laughs> yeah, if you want to, you know, if you want to see how good they sound now, you can just tune in on Rumble or on um the CMS Network to
1: watch it on the 19th from, from the Winchester. Oh, sweet. Is our good friend Matt Wardlaw gonna be there because he's tuning into our show? It says besides the trees, of course, look at man, oh man, what a misleading picture that is of him on Facebook.
0: <laughs> look at that. He actually looks worse than that. oh yeah
1: he he is he is not a he is not an attractive man. so that's not an amazing <laughs> picture anyway. So. yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt is a very good friend, but boy, he looks like the south end of a northbound horse. So there you go. I'm of, co- hey, I'm of course, I'm-, I'm of course saying this because he can't fight back right now. Right.
0: <laughs> Going to say he looks like the
2: that put that picture back up. Doesn't he look like he could be like the roadie for REM or something?
0: <laughs> he, he does. He's the guy that brings Michael Stipe his lattes. <laughs> That's right. Glass of cum. <laughs> oh God. He says
1: Matt Wardlaw will definitely be in attendance, and f you guys. <laughs> oh my god, I love you, Matt. That's awesome. Uh, for those of you uh, show veterans, Matt's actually the, my buddy who we did. Uh, I did the score episode with, so yeah. and and now the drinking game. You can bring you can you can do your drinks because I mentioned score. So there we go. Um, all right, Chris. So number four on your list. It's a band
2: you and I and the lovely Stephanie have seen live um, within the last decade. Um, a band that I wanted to meet, and um, of course, you guys got to meet, and I got to interview the guy I didn't want to meet. Um, <laughs> um, Lacuna Coil came out with their breakout record with, a, what is it, Kamalis or Kamalies, whatever. C-O-M-A-L-I-E-S. Yeah. That came out um in 2002. Great record. I I love 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 Christina Scabia to death. I she is just sexy as fuck, and and I absolutely love her. Her voice is fantastic, and I really don't like this kind of music to be honest. Like there's a ton of these kind of bands that are out there, the Within Temptations and the Nightwish, and you know. But Lacuna Coil was a little bit heavier than those bands, which is what I yeah. liked about them. But if you ever listen to this record, man, Heaven's a Lie is just a great song. You know, I mean, it's a fantastic tune. Entwined was another great tune. It's a, it it just was like, it broke me into that band and I still listen. I Every time they put out something new, I can't wait to to hear it and see it and whatnot. And, and we did have fun that night when we went and saw
1: them, didn't we, John? Yeah, we did. That was a damn good time.
2: It was that was
1: fun. Yeah. That was, um, yeah, we were, Steph and I were talking to Morgan Rose of Seven Dust. That was, yeah. was kick ass. I love Seven Dust. That was, but then you yeah, ran yeah.
2: into Christina when I was supposed to interview Christina. Instead, I got Andrea Farrow, the guy.
1: I was yeah. like, what the hell?
2: This sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, like drove were. to do it. It, it wasn't yeah, like it was, was here in Cleveland.
1: It was in Indiana, right? Fort Wayne. Yep. It was at yeah. uh, Pierre's Entertainment Center.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Good yep, stuff. There we go.
1: Chastity Crowley says, "Chris, I never hear anyone mention Nightwish. They are amazing until Tarja left." I don't no. know. Well, okay. JG Three is a Nightwish fan, so my, my number four, by the way, is uh, I'm going to skip because that is my number one record of the year. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to my next one. So technically fourth for me. Um, th- these guys, I think their first three records are all great. I, if I remember right, this is the third album. Um. I think this is a criminally underrated band. And I think they're kind of, I I think you hear a lot of bands that sound like this now. So I think this, this kind of stuff was just catching on, but it is very kill switch engage ish to me a little bit. Not, I don't think quite as melodic Uh, Van Halen. No, no, there's no Van Halen that year. Um, (laughs) We would have to wait another decade for the greatness. That is a different kind of truth. Um, No, it was released on September 17th of 2002. Uh, that would be Shadows Fall, The Art of Balance. That is Shit. a goddamn good record, man. I'm
0: pissed because I didn't know this. That did not come up when I was searching. Otherwise, I would have had that on there.
1: Yeah, that's that's, in, um, that,
0: that's one of my. That's like my ten. Yeah, it, was, that, it was on my list too.
1: Dude, that this this record just slams. Mm-hmm. It's so goddamn good. I I what's the second record? The one before it is I I prefer a little bit more
0: something. The War Within. Yeah, the I, I, I love yeah, The War Within
1: yeah that's the one I prefer a little bit more but um, I just this record is so cool man and again Shadows Falls is a band I don't really hear people talk a lot about but I know people like a lot of bands that sound like them so I don't really think they really got a fair shake You know, no, I mean, it's because they
2: were buried on Century Media yeah.
1: that was I mean there was a lot of stuff and it, and it does sound kind of similar to a lot of things I suppose but you know I, I love it. I mean, th- this record top to bottom is just awesome. It's, I mean, it, it's a little front loaded for me, but I, you know, this is, you know, a band I could listen to repeatedly because it's like it's heavy, but they vary it up and stuff like that. It, it it does get repetitious, I suppose, this style, but I can actually listen to this kind of repetition because there's enough musicality to it that, you know, there's a lot going on to the ear. So, I, yeah. you know, obviously, Andanae went on to play in Anthrax. He's playing with them now. So and jason um,
2: bittner was in that lineup too and he's played with who else you know
1: everybody so yeah basically isn't he so, an
0: overkill overkill i think, I think he's so. an overkill now yeah, yeah. he's been but, in on
1: the last two three albums i think yeah great players man
0: they're, they're doing
1: something now aren't they didn't aren't they doing they the are record, yeah, new yeah they're, they're they're recording right now so that'll be good hell yeah i'll take that sweet um, all right, so moving on to number five. Brian, what do you have?
0: All right, we're quick, before I get that, i got to do the rest of – we have a couple lists here in the messages i got to do. So the rest of Steve Maloney's list, uh, here's one that may be coming later. I don't know. Down two, he has. Uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, last DJ. George Harrison, brainwashed. I don't know if anyone's going to have that on their list. Um, Sean Faust, I'll do his real quick tori amos scarlet's walk i know chris is waiting to do that one you got my number one (laughs) (laughs) i i don't don't have anything against tori amos he says that's his favorite album of theirs he has Tool, lateralists and that's actually wrong that's 2001 i think i because i would have caught that
1: even if it was 2002 uh, it would still
0: be wrong okay let's let's mute you uh flaming lips that came up before we tenacious d uh D fun pack. I don't know what I think of Tenacious D other than I don't I know. I do not like it. I know what I do. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of funny, but, you know, emphasis really very strong. You know, he's also big into film scores, so he's got uh, Attack of the Clones on here for you, John, and the score oh, okay. from uh, Howard Shore's Lord of the Rings also. So
1: Okay.
2: Look, now John likes go. Tenacious D because yeah. because he likes no. the, <laughs> the score to <laughs> yeah. Dude.
1: yeah, Dude, Jack Black just tries way too hard to be funny i'm that, not a fan of D. it's just it's it is just one of those things where it's like hey look how funny i am like no well when you do that you're not funny you i know? it's I
0: like 100% uh, agree but sp- like i'm okay and everything else but especially with the music i do think it's way too like trying too hard. all right number five i can't wait to see somebody spit out their beer on this one i've got the donna's spend the night the i remember <laughs>
1: look I re- at the look on aiken's
0: face <laughs> I remember, bu- I remember buying the CD after I heard the song Take It Off on one of the, I don't know if it was, maybe it wasn't MMS. Was 92.3 still around? I don't even know what was around then. 92? It was t- 92. 2002? It was yeah. 92. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think I even stopped the CD. I played the whole damn thing through. It's like spend the night. It's like 1978 to 1982 teenage female angst on full display. It's like the rock star parents went on vacation, forgot to lock up the basement. You know, the Baby satyrs got into Dads and Marshall stack and the Strats and the SGs. It, it's like a perfect mix of Rick Nielsen, Riff, Ramones, Runaways, guitar-driven. It's like just garage pop. You know, it owes way more to, you know, that era of, like, late 70s, early 80s than it does 2002. Now, I'll be the first to say lyrically, this stuff makes Gene Simmons look like Shakespeare. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I mean, uh, who cares? <laughs> All, on the rocks, take it off. Who invited you? I mean... We don't care if you think our party's cool. We don't care if you have more fun in Sunday school. I mean, those these are amazing ones. Jesus. And then Hello, the next, Ramones. And
2: Gee, and then yeah,
0: right. This, and then the next song is actually called I Don't Care. You know, I was working overtime. Now I just want to walk out. I just tried to make him mine. It's not like he's a knockout. These songs are, wow! I mean, the, the lyrics are awesome, but man, that these like just buzzsaw guitars, like pass it around. It's like, do we need a song about the person at the party who bogarts all the booze and weed and refuses to share it? Yeah, we do if it's done by the Donnas, you know, if you, if you don't pass it around, we'll run you right out of this town i'm trying to
2: i'm trying to envision the actual theme of the show so you walk into the record store and you're like you know
0: it's six degrees of inner turbulence please oh you don't have well then give me the donna's okay yeah. that'll be a good second choice exactly i feel excuse me i'm going to put on some bell bottoms jump in the time machine and i'll transport myself to the nearest roller rink in 1979 so i can cruise around god it's like you on.
2: walked into the record store and said, give me the smartest thing. Oh, you don't have that? Well, give me the stupidest thing <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the rack. Jesus, dude. Come it, on.
0: It, it is dumb. It's, it's, it's really brain dead. But man, I just I love the guitars and I love the melodies. It's just, it's just fun.
1: Speaking of dumb, JG3 says, hey, Ted Nugent made a record in 2002. <laughs> Ted Nugent is shit on a stick. I fucking hate that guy. I hate Ted Nugent. He can just jump off, take a long leap off a short bridge. Fuck that guy. Hate him, 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 So, Chris, what is number five on your list?
2: It would be the ultimate Ted Nugent. No.
0: Penetrator Remix 2002. That's right. Now, for me, number
2: whatever we're at at this point would be Cold Chamber, Dark Days. Um, they were a mess and, and by the time they did this record they were absolutely all just drugged out of their mind. They were a total yeah. mess. They all hated each other. The way I've heard it was if they did a record they didn't have to they didn't have to pay back a lot of the the money that they had already taken, so they they trudged through this record. And the fact that they hated each other so much made a killer record. It's I, I love this record. To me, it's the best record of the Coal Chamber catalog, which I know that's not really saying a whole lot with, I think, <laughs> what, three records, but yeah. But um, Dark Days, you know, Something Told Me was awesome. I don't know why they always had some obsession with vehicles, but, you know, first they gave us the big truck. On this one, they gave us the rowboat, and, and just like <laughs> big truck, it's an awesome song. Rowboat is an awesome song. So, I don't know Cold Chamber was one of those bands i'm I'm quite happy that they did break up and form Devil Driver, which is probably my number one or two favorite extreme metal band of all time. Um, so, I like where they went to, but this was kind of the last gasp of them reaching into new metal and New metal was dying at this point as well. so you yeah. know it it was kind of their last reach into New metal and they hated each other which made for a great record so dark days for me Cold chamber
1: okay it's a band i never got into um shocking yeah well (laughs) it's not my thing in other words but then a lot of those a lot of those bands like Cold chamber in the early 2000s i i didn't really i I wasn't like really that into so i was i was into some of the cleaner new metal shit i think okay you know which i I do crazy town no nothing no <laughs> oh no I, I have an example of one coming up don't don't worry come don't okay my lady come come my it, lady but, <laughs> but uh so so the, the the fifth one on my list is the second live album on the list and uh it is it is a live album by a band who actually uh hadn't played with this lineup in 6 years at the time this was released so i don't know the story behind it chris you probably do but i'm really glad they put this out because the original lineup of this band absolutely slays no offense to the current lineup but i am talking about released on september 24th 2002 it is sepultura's under a pale gray sky so i love a lot of yeah dude, dude the early the like the, the max the max sepultura stuff i love and, and and the Derek stuff is is good too i just i love like arise is one of my all-time favorite thrash records um AD, I think anybody who likes metal likes that one and again th- like like the Megadeth record this one is really long there's a ton of stuff here um it's got you know some really uh, you know I, the one thing I will say about this though is that man I, Igor Cavalera son of a bitch that guy was either on coke when he played live <laughs> or he just did not have a concept of the fact that he had guitar players playing with him because, I mean, his tempos, holy Jesus. Yeah, he's real fast. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm like, when you listen something like Territory, which is, you know, it's the middle part's supposed to be like, they're literally playing a, like, he's like double the time going, bro, you better not be doing that shit when you get to like Morbid Visions and, you know, Beneath the Remains tunes, because otherwise you're going to have arms falling off. <laughs> up <in front> of <laughs> you, dude. So, uh, yeah. So I, I love this one again. I could do without the root stuff. I, I know that's going to be probably sacrilege, but I was not a fan of the roots record. Um, I just don't really dig it, but you know, it's got a bunch of really great old shit, you know, beneath the remains, mass, is no, ha- mass hypnosis is on here. Desperate cry troops of doom. Um, you know, a bunch of stuff off of chaos, AD, of course. Um, just a great it's real record. long
2: i do know that it's it's what two cds like it's, yeah. it's it's like three hours long it's like they took multiple shows and weaved it all together
1: yeah if i remember is-
2: right it was a con it was a contract thing it was roadrunner had the rec- had the recordings to it and they weren't selling or i think that's right when sepultura might have left when the the you know Derek sepultura left so they had this to put out and that was kind of the the transition yeah. i could be wrong on that but i believe no, that's
1: it, what that was i think i read that too i mean it's it's an hour and 48 minutes long and they, they say it was recorded at one show at brixton academy in london but yeah it's two discs and there's a lot there's there's 15 songs on the first disc and then 13 on the second so um i, I love it like you know the original line of a sepultura to me is awesome and so this was i'm glad i'm glad this exists even if it is just a contractual obligation so sure uh brian number six on your list
2: you can also
0: uh, let me unmute myself here i was gonna say uh number six i do have the first repeat of the nights uh echoing chris aiken it's funny how two people can have like totally different ways they came to the same band so i'm the exact opposite i actually came on board uh for the second uh howard album and that's how i found kill swage so absolutely mm-hmm. loved howard's voice i still love it i still think um what what is the name of that album it's the one after "End uh, of heartache um i can't, oh, I can't think right now of course <laughs> um but yeah you know i mean this n- n- number days The great juxtaposition of the heavy and clean vocals. That's why I love Killswitch. I think they're the only band that has figured out a way to pull that off. Like he said, Fixation on the Darkest. That riff, oh, my God. I mean, that's one of those riffs that's going to stay on the test of time. You know, Serenade, huge anthem. That was their hit. Um, Temple from Within. The Haunting Element of One. um, Just... I, I don't know. I just think these guys kind of just sort of rewrote the book on how metal guitar goes with these kind of bouncy staccato riffs, and it's very similar to a band that John brought up, Shadows Fall. I just think that Killswitch has found a way to do it with throw a little bit more melody in there, and that's what I like about them the most. I think this is just a just a, a killer album, and I think I think Jesse, the last few albums, like his return album, I'd still say is one of I think is one of the greatest albums of all time um and I, i've liked kind of everything they've done since i'm really excited to see what this new album is they've been working on and the the other stuff he does with jesse's is, is great too and you're gonna get a howard record right howard and
2: and adam are doing an album together yeah, right under yeah, a different howard, name
0: yeah howard and adam are doing something i'm really excited to hear that um you know I, I don't know i just think i just think adam is one of those guys that's just so underrated i mean his you know his playing is just unbelievable his yeah, he's hopefully,
1: hopefully they come up with a better band name for that than uh, Howard's band "Light the Torch." That was the stupidest <laughs> yeah. band name I've heard in a long time. That's <laughs> just terrible. Yeah, not it's, a it's great name. "Light Light the Torch" is going on tour with "Open the Window." Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was trying <laughs> to think of uh, when "Daylight Dies." That's the first Howard yeah. album I heard, and, Okay. Uh, I, I, I love that album. I love "End of Heartache." I mean, I just to me, there's Killswitch not, uh, is great. Yeah. They're,
2: they're, they're just a great band you know and, and there was a lot of bands that try it's funny because they had success and then a bunch of bands tried to to have that same sound and none of them could do it you know the you know shadows fall was close They're similar sound god forbid um unearth you know there was a bunch of bands that came out trying to do that exact same thing and none of them were as good i mean
1: uh, well, I would argue, God forbid, was better than all of them, but that's just me. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, what is next on your list? We are at number uh, number six. Number six for me, the one behind me,
2: Cataclysm, Shadows and Dust. This is some heavy meaty, heavy, heavy meaty shit. <laughs> and I can't—they're my favorite death metal band of all time. And I know when you hear that, you're just thinking. <laughs> Yeah. you know you're thinking that's what it is these guys they're i i i've argued forever that they are the band that introduced um death death core the death core sound because they mix in just a hint of melody and some of the breakdown stuff they do different stuff um mauricio vocally he does stuff that you can understand with the growling, with the screaming, he goes all different directions. And this record, this is the one, this one. And then the next one where the two, um, the two are, they're, they're both right in there, but they have never done anything bad. And this one here is just so fucking heavy. And the, the tune on it bound in chains. If you're looking for a place to start, you just play that tune. You turn it up really loud and if you survive it then you know that you're meant to listen to it because it's <laughs> it's really really heavy this is a very extremely heavy record but god damn if it isn't brilliant so cataclysm shadows and dust for me at number 6 so is this band still around then or oh yeah they put yeah. out a record uh 6 months ago okay. yep yeah, called Goliath yeah i love them i i i dude funny real quick funny story on this dumb band um there was a Brave Words had their Brave Words festival here and they asked me to do intros for some of the bands me and Bill Peters who's local DJ here and yeah. they had some guys from Brave Words that came down and we were all taking turns doing intros and I got asked to intro Cataclysm because I really was digging them at the time and I got up on stage and this was was that Saint Anger era Metallica <laughs> maybe
1: yeah, it was right before.
2: Right so it would have been Reload era Metallica, but it was when everybody hated Metallica in the metal world. That's so I get should. up on and I get up on on stage and I get everybody chanting fuck Metallica, fuck Metallica. <laughs> you know, I get everybody in the whole odeon which is sold out chanting fuck Metallica. And um of course Brave Words was trying to work something out with an interview with Metallica. Oh no. <laughs> So I come off the stage and, uh, metal Tim from brave words and, uh, Mark Roman, they were screaming at me, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I was like, and I just was like, this isn't Metallica fucking sucks. If you want real metal, you want cataclysm. And I brought, you know, I was just hyping everybody up for cataclysm, but I brought him on and. What was funny is even now, Maurizio. I, I just talked to him maybe six months ago, and he 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 brought it up to me. He's like, "You remember that time when we did this?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, of course I remember that." So, just fun time, man. I love those. I love me some Cataclysm, man. Always have, always will.
1: That's awesome. Well, I well the next one on my list is actually right up there in terms of heaviness, uh, <clears throat> with good sharp with that uh, good shot, um, with Cataclysm. Uh, it actually is, since I just said the band name, October 1st of 2002. It's, you know, uh, also death metal, obviously. Good Charlotte, The Young and the Hopeless. <laughs> oh, so, Jesus Christ. We go. <laughs> um, it's, it's one of those, like, guilty pleasure listens for me. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of pop punk stuff. Um, songs. I can't say I like a lot of bands and full records, but I like most of this album. And, of course, it's, again, a common, you know, a common record to like because it's got the anthem lifestyles of the rich and famous and, you know, boys and girls. And, but I mean, it's got some other stuff that, you know, album cuts that are really good and it's, you know, it's just a catchy record. It's very well produced. And, um, yeah, not not too much to say about it. Like I say, it's a definitely a guilty pleasure. Listen, and it drives my wife bananas when I play it in the car. (laughs) She does not like pop punk at all. So, just not a fan of it you know we actually in brother believe me we added lifestyles of the rich and famous recently so that's a fun tune to play gets people bouncing and dancing especially if they're drunk so just a good fun listen you know especially in a year where most of my stuff was you know heavy so um you know i know it's nothing you guys would get into but it's you know again a guilty pleasure listen for me good charlotte
0: so girls don't like cars girls like boys and money yes oh wait i got that backwards
1: Oh, well, yeah. You know, boys will laugh at girls when they're not
0: funny. Right. It, it,
1: it's it's funny how prophetic the song is, you know.
0: I actually it's, do. I actually do like that album. I didn't realize that came out. It didn't come up on my list, so I'm not going to ding you yeah. for that one. I, I, I don't like the. <laughs> I don't mind the tunes on that one.
1: I'll get dinged for my next one. So <laughs> uh, uh, I've never right. heard it, so I have nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 punky and poppy and catchy, dude. It's like it's like radio pop rock. So you know, it's it's cool. So um,
0: all right. So Brian, number seven for you. Uh quick before I go into that, this uh Queens of the Stone Age songs for the Deaf. I knew that someone was going to bring that up. Uh I know that I don't think either of you guys are huge fans of Queen of the Stone Age. I actually liked a couple of the albums after that, like Clockwork and Villains. I really liked those. I'm uh, not surprised that came in there. Nothing by Mishuga. You a Meshuggah fan, Chris? I do
2: like them. I didn't like <laughs> them at the time, but I like them a lot more now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool band all right so here's my where am i at number seven yep all right uh this is john's favorite band audio slave oh. the self-titled <laughs> <laughs> you know what uh, to me this is what i thought that black sabbath 13 album should have been quick to the point of riffing like this rick rubin oh these guys are they're not a metal band they're a blues band like he should have given us more super knots more paranoids and way less planet caravans right when he was putting that together but man I mean the opening drag across the frets for coaches on this it's your, your head spinning it's like killer rock opener um look I, I know I know Chris Cornell isn't for anyone but I challenge to find a better rock performance he puts on on this first audio slave album maybe super unknown but you know show me how to live like a stone gasoline I mean dude sounds like he great four gallons of 89 octane but you know in a good way i mean there's the the groove the riffs to me it just all works to a t for audio slave it's the perfect blend of heavy and light you know a song like i am the highway into exploder like that set it off set it off now children it's super high just scream i mean to me this is like audio slave all they needed to do was do this one album if they would just done this one album it would have been perfect the other two are okay but you know it loses its thing after you know the second and third time I just think this is the perfect slab of a perfect mixture of musicians and I just think they really pulled it off with something pure and fresh and it doesn't sound contrived right. yeah I, radio I I, I, music I, pass <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i I just again the, the Chris Cornell thing kind of the it, it does it in for me and I was not a I was not a rage fan um I actually performed an audio slave song for a lot of years. We got the whip. I don't think that's on this one, No, but uh, that's on the other one. But yeah, I I just, I mean, from what I understand, if you're into, if you're into rage, it's, it's pretty damn good. So just not, you know, not, not my cup of tea, but I know a lot of people dug it. It was real popular at the time. So, you know, cool. But again, it was,
2: it was uh, radio Soundgarden, which for me didn't work. It just, you know, I, I, it's okay, I don't hate it but d- d- last time I played it was probably when I was at MMS <laughs> <Just> <laughs> right
0: right around this time I guess so they, they definitely picked the safest stuff on the radio I think there's some killer stuff in the deeper cuts you probably would dig a little more you know
2: maybe maybe because I do like Soundgarden. I'm not John I don't I don't hate Cornell I actually think Cornell's fantastic but
1: well I, no I, I don't okay know. I, I think he's a fantastic vocalist. I just can't stand the tone of his voice. Yeah, those. you're wrong, but that's okay Whatever, dude, you think Kid Rock is like Fucking genius, so I don't need to hear you're that You're wrong shit. on that one too Oh, you're full of crap, shut up, we argue about that My
2: diamond time? records? That's what I thought He's so not at, a least genius. Ten, at least 10 million
1: people Repeatedly like what I like But that's okay Oh, who gives a shit? I got Van Halen over that, so eat my nuts Um, no diamonds Oh, yes, they have two of them, you big dummy Oh, so then they're even with Kid Rock I got it Oh, give me a fucking break <laughs> <laughs> You don't know your ass from a hole in the ground all right. all right anyway all right so moving on to your number seven number seven for me um uh,
2: soulfly three great record brutal it's it's like primitive was not as brutal as the first record was and then they came back with three and it's just a murder cycle man it, it is just punishing um and like downstroy was a great tune uh, Seek and Strike was a great tune. Uh, they do a song, um, the one song one, which is not the Metallica song, but they brought in um, Christian from um, Il Nino to sing on it as well. So, you know, it it really, it, for me, it was it was like the perfect time. And I'm I'm a Cavalera guy. I love Matt. I mean, I like yeah. the other Sepultura too. I really, really do. I think people that wrote them off have missed a ton of great metal with the Derek Green stuff, but. That being said, Max, I don't care what it is. If Max is in it, I'm listening to it. It could be that go-ahead-and-die, or it can be, you know, whatever that record is, that project is he does with Dillinger. doesn't matter to me. Oh, field is awesome, yeah. Any of the stuff. Nail Bomb, Soulfly, Cav Conspiracy, it's all good to me. And Soulfly 3 stayed in my player a lot during, during that time, so... For me, number seven,
1: Soulfly three. I have I have to admit I I'm I'm with you with the Max Cavalera thing. Um, I, I don't listen to a ton of those projects post Sepultura, um, but I love uh the Killer Be Killed records like I just said. Um, I think Nailbomb is one of the greatest band names ever. You know, we we're talking about stupid band names earlier, and th- that's a <laughs> great one. Like if you if you if you're like hmm, I want to buy a new record by a band I don't know. I'm gonna pick something heavy, hmm. right? What am I gonna pick? Oh, here, here's called nail bomb. I think I'm pretty safe buying this, and, and I'm gonna get something you know heavy.
2: But wait, so. here's the Donnas. Maybe I should never mind.
1: <laughs> the Donnas making their comeback. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Spe- speaking of uh, Cavalera uh, and Cavalera conspiracy, something I listened to again today, and I know Aiken, you call it the fucky effect on the on the classic metal show, but dude. Max and Igor re-recording those two first, uh, uh, several oh, uh, records, morbid visions and bestial, whatever devastation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Be devastation, dude, those are awesome. Yeah, they I mean, are it, it, way, t- way too much reverb on Max's voice, but that's kind of how the vocal sounded back then. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, those things just rip. And it's not, you, you know, some of these bands when they get, when they, when they go back in the studio and re-record their stuff, like if it's thrash, it slows down. They did not nope. do that with this. They, Dang, it's faster. Exactly. It's fa- And it's tighter. Like the tightness, is, oh, my God, it's just so good. So if you guys like that sort of thing, if you guys are into the first two uh, Sepultura records, check out the re-recorded versions by Cavalera Conspiracy. They're fucking awesome. Yep. So, speaking of fucking awesome, and uh, I'm going to put on my hat, strap in uh, some war gear, jump down in the, in the trenches in my foxhole as I'm about to take the beating of all beatings. Uh, this record was released on November 5th of 2002. And, uh, all I have to say is if you don't like this record, if you're going to shit on me for it, um, um, back down, I'll take you on, uh, headstrong for anyone, the debut record by trapped. I'm a huge fan oh. of this record. Yeah. Oh. huge, huge fan, man. Sorry. And a, like not full records, but like there's a bunch of songs on records after that, that I, that I like. So. And I know that's like absolute heresy, Oof. but they—they they got some catchy shit to me. So I mean, the, the singer's a complete moron, but you know, <laughs> JG, JG3 slowly pulls out club.
0: didn't they have a song that sounded like a song by that band called gatlin or something somebody said one time no that's
1: taproot that's taproot shut up i
0: I can't tell i can't tell those bands apart to start with a t and end with with a t shut up jg3 squint
1: size but puts away club (laughs) yeah we were accused of ripping off taproot which is which is bullshit but um yeah i mean dude kill me for it but this has a lot of catchy tunes on it um headstrong i mean that's an obvious one but you know, I I just the guy writes some cool hooks, man. And I think musically, like the musicians that played in this band throughout their history are actually pretty underrated. There's there's some pretty good playing on these albums. And that, of course, never, ever gets talked about because, you know, Trapped is a popular whipping boy and for good reason, especially lately with this guy just spewing his politics everywhere, which just shut the fuck up and play your music, you know. But, um, yeah, I, you know, kick my ass all you want. I. I dig this record. So it, it, it's number seven on my list, leaving only my number one. So oof. I'd rather be. That's all I'll like, say is oof. It, well, I, I knew it was not going to be a
0: popular selection. So I'd rather be trapped in a closet under a refrigerator I don't know, <laughs> in a burning airplane. Well, all these all these international viewers
1: and, and, and <laughs> listeners just dropped off the show. They're like, wait a minute. This guy's talking dream theater, but he likes trapped. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. All credibility lost
0: that's right it's, it's no donna's i'll tell you that much <laughs>
1: jg3 again he says can you ever really be underrated if you just suck <laughs> that's a good point man it's a very good point all right so we are down to the last uh albums on our lists. i i saved my favorite one for last so brian what is your number eight
0: by no surprise to anyone it's symphony x the odyssey yep so my first uh, encounter ever with them was on Gigantor. I knew nothing about Symphony X, and um, I heard the song. The first song I ever heard was Inferno. I think I went and looked it up. Um, did we have YouTube back then? I heard it somewhere. Actually, it might have been on. It might have been on Napster or one of the yeah. file sharing services, which was not legal at the time. Uh, yeah, man, Inferno. I mean, uh, the guitar. You know, the guitars are super upfront and heavy. You know, it, it's. Said it a million times, it's good modern ingve, you know, with with, with great vocals. You know, uh, Wicked, kind of a Pantera feel to that one. Um, Incantations of the Apprentice, you know, the harmonies are great. Of course, the title track, I mean, it's amazing, you know, 23 minutes or whatever it is. I got to see it live last time they played here. Of course, they're going on tour again, and they're missing Cleveland, um, you know, as usual. But uh, I was lucky enough to get to see them play the Odyssey in its entirety. And just Russell Allen, I mean, I said it before, there is no better, I don't think, voice rock-wise with that heaviness, get that soul, you know, get that melody. Like, just he is absolutely untouchable. He's Dio in his prime right now to me. Love the guy's voice, and I love Michael Romeo's playing. And uh, just a killer album. If if you're looking for some place to start with uh, Symphony X, you know, there's probably not any better one to go with than The Odyssey.
2: It's a great record. There's no question about that one. And Michael Romeo's a monster. John, I'm surprised you're not more into Symphony X than you are. I know you'd like them, but I don't think you've ever dug into them enough to really dig in, because they're like they're like dream theater on steroids. In most cases, they really
0: are. Hey, you might want to unmute yourself, Dickhead. He sounds amazing though.
1: Sorry. Um Yeah. I sorry, I've been coughing, so I muted myself. Um yeah, Brian and I did an episode of discography discussion, and we went through the entire catalog of Symphony X, and it's cool. I I, I like the the more, like the more recent records, just from a production standpoint. Obviously, sure. um, I'm I'm on record as saying that the goddamn keyboard player from Symphony X never ever made much money because he still has the same effing keyboard <laughs> in you know 2022 uh, 24 that he used in 1985, and it sounds atrocious. Um. But yeah, I mean, I like, I like them.
0: That's I, I that think that's
1: true, it's very true, and you ought to <laughs> on the, know that. Oh, no,
0: life. on those older albums, yes, but not on the newer stuff. Come on, man, oh, whatever.
1: But no, I mean, my thing with, with them is I think some of the symphonic metal like this, I like it, but it gets a little too, it, it just sounds a little pretentious to me, just the teeniest bit. Which which is a weird word to use when you know you have a podcast about dream theater, but you know dream theater is you know that's like musical and all, but but you know it, it's very musical and it's extreme and it's you know but I think a band like Symphony X gets kind of into the the soaring symphonic and I just I like that sound but not a ton, so I think okay. that's why I, I really appreciate Symphony X and I could easily listen to them. I mean, I when when they announced that tour, Brian, honestly, I looked to see if if there was a Cleveland date. I'd, I'd go see them if for no other reason than to see Michael Romeo, but that's definitely a band I could see live, but um, I just don't go out of my way to listen to them too much. So, but I mean, very, very good. So yeah, I think that's the one JG that's, I I would say that's my favorite too. JG says paradise lost was the album that really got him into symphony X. I I think, yeah, that paradise lost is the one for me too.
0: This was so. also the first album that the production really kind of went almost to the next level. Now you know yeah. it w- went even farther once they got on the the super major label. But yeah. of of the earlier records, this is one took a giant leap, and then they took that leap to like full, you know, mm-hmm. you know record, pre- uh, you know budget behind them on yeah. Paradise yeah. Lost. For yeah, because sure. those last two are great. Icon- Iconoclast is
2: iconic. That yeah. is a that's a killer record there. That's yep. that's probably their untouchable to me.
1: But yep. and I agree about em. Russell Allen, by the way. Oh, he's phenomenal. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Aiken. Since we only got a few minutes left with you, because you are off doing another show at nine o'clock. Yes, I um, am.
2: Uh, you... Number one for me, uh, down 2, Bustle in Your Hedgerow. Uh, every song is great on it. Um, that being said, it's a different record than Nola. NOLA was, NOLA was like Southern fried Pantera to me. You know, it, it, it really was heavier. This was a little more Led Zeppelin, which obviously the title should give yeah, that away. But, um, exactly. you know, it's like if, if Phil Anselmo decided to do kind of stoner blues, that this is what this record was. And it, and it worked, you know, like stained glass, stained glass, crossed great tune, um, New Orleans is dying horror killer live. I don't know if you ever saw them on this tour, but when they played that song live, it was fantastic and, and it's a great record. It, it stands up today has really good production. It's the, the lone down record that has great production from start to finish. Uh, so yeah, for me down two would be my number one with a bustle in your head
0: row. Awesome! Yeah, I... I, need, I need to go listen to that again because i I still I still don't know what I necessarily think of the first down album. I don't like. I don't hate it. I don't love it. So now you have my interests uh, talking about the Zeppelin thing on the second one. I'm going to check that out again.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm it's not... like Swampy
2: Zeppelin.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm
1: not overly familiar with it. I mean, I, I've listened to it and it didn't really do anything for me. Um, but I mean. Go ahead and crucify me for this too, but I'm a Phil Anselmo fan, so I I, if I if I had to sit down and listen to it, I could tolerate getting through it, because I I, I (laughs) don't you know, so it is what it is. But uh, real quick, Aiken, before we let you go, I will give my top record for 2002. Uh, This was released on April 23rd, 2002, and it is uh, we're just speaking of symphonic metal where this is definitely symphonic it's big it's lush there's a ton of killer a ton of killer tracks on this album um it was written you know the artist is legendary he's got like a 50 60 year career i am of course talking about the soundtrack to star wars episode two attack of the clones (sighs) if there's if there's a star wars soundtrack out man it's going to be my number one pretty much it's you know i i you know all joking aside about my star wars nerdiness I, I love listening to Star Wars soundtracks, man. It's just like it's and movie soundtracks in general for movies. I really dig. It's it's kind of like if I'm working and I need so, I need to hear something besides like, you know, work talk, I'm putting in a soundtrack and, and Star Wars is always a good one. And as much as this may be a very maligned Star Wars movie, there's a ton of really, really great uh, music on here. Some really good pieces and stuff from, the, you know, the you know, the start of the Clone Wars and everything and the love themes. Yeah, that's good. my favorite part. Oh shut up! Oh, the the <laughs> the,
0: the the Jar Jar Biggs concerto to die for, especially when it goes into adagio in that one area. Whatever,
1: look Donnas, whatever, bro. Sorry, the Donnas didn't play on it. Look at look, JG3, get a load of this guy. What a dork, <laughs> <laughs> Mike L, total dweeb. <laughs> yes, I I admit it, man. I admit it. I admit it. They're they're both saying they're joking, but you don't have to, you don't have to you don't have to quantify. Don't me. be joking. You can rip on me all you want, yeah. guys. I I I, w- I will fully take that beating. I deserve it. So, all right, Chris. Well, you've got a couple minutes before you have to go off and do more Chris Aiken stuff. Yes, I do. So, thanks for making time for us tonight. It's always awesome. Uh, yeah, this is fun. So. Yeah, thanks. It's so, definitely fun. So. plug your plug your shit real quick and then get the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs> um, You You find
1: everything you need there. <laughs> nice. That's your top website of 2002. Yes, that's
2: right. Yes. <laughs> Don't even know if it's still a site or not, but if it is, there's a lot of entertainment there for you.
1: Here it is. The all entertainment
2: right, just goes around and around and around.
1: Oh my God, people are gonna look that up. And be like what the hell? So, <laughs> all right, brother. Well, thanks for making the time, dude. I love you, man, and thanks very much for jumping on.
2: All right, boys, take it easy. Take Jeez. care, brother. All right, see ya.
1: Well, there goes the mighty Chris Aiken. He's always good for a laugh or 17. Um, it's funny. I forget who said it earlier in the chat, but I think it was Mike He says, man, a- Aiken is brutal. Like, yeah, that's that is a perfect word to describe Chris Aiken. Brutal is definitely <laughs> that is definitely a word to describe him. So, uh, well, that was fun, man. That was that was like pulling teeth, finding enough records for this year. But. Yeah, you 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 really struggled because you had two live albums and you had Star Wars soundtrack yeah. in there. Well, even even if it would have been an easy year, I mean, it would def I would definitely have a Star Wars soundtrack. So,
0: that's no, it just... was it was all I could to find. You know, and I know everyone's going to rip on me. I I actually do love that Donna's album. Like, thank God I, I found that, and then I found the Boston one because I was like, I was going to try to force something, and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah,
1: you know, just it's not happening. I listened to a couple of other things that I was thinking about putting on there. Like again, a, a band you would never think I like, but I, I don't like full records, but I like a lot of songs by Lifehouse. And their okay. second their second record, Stanley Climbfall, was in 2002. And that was weird because they tried to go heavier. Yeah. And it was like, what the hell is this? And everything everything, every other record they've ever done is like normal what you would think of Lifehouse being. Um, so that was weird. I, I tried to get into Vapor Trails. I was like, what I and I just didn't know enough about. It. I was like, yeah, I don't know. And so there was that and there was a couple other things that I listened to. I was just like, yeah. And these were stuff I would actually be like, yeah, you know, I would, you know, I either currently listen to them or or previously listened to them a ton. Uh, right. you know. And see, look, here Chastity's getting my back. Chastity says they've proven that soundtracks help improve productivity. See? There you go. <laughs> so, I I I actually have a soundtrack playlist that I listen to like every October. Oh yeah, I I put I put a bunch of soundtracks back to back. It's uh Nightmare on Elm Street, um Alien. Oh, nice. It's uh
0: Alien's amazing.
1: Yeah, uh the Hellraiser soundtrack and the Hellraiser two soundtrack, and um Halloween. Yeah, any oh. any of the
0: any horror movie, especially the newer stuff, man. Some of the some of the stuff is just you know, and, and the like the some of the Christopher Nolan stuff, like the Inception with the, uh, what the hell's the guy's name? He's like the second most famous guy besides John Williams. that does all the scores. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I know who you're talking. Hans Zimmer. Hans there Zimmer. There it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, he makes some incredible, just you know, really cool, you know, yeah, atmospheric combining symphony. You know, same thing. You know, but uh, well, yeah,
1: no, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Definitely, and I gotta say, man, as much as we ripped on you for the Donnas, like you can't really rip on you for that. When I have trapped on my list, I will fully, <laughs> I will fully fall on that sword. I knew as soon as I saw that record came out, I was like, um I knew it was gonna be on my list and I was like, Oh, am I gonna get shit on for that?
0: I, I will say if you put that Donna's on and you just listen to the guitar, you'll just be like, Holy crap. I mean, it's just to me it's just cool guitar, you know, garage pop rock. It's I mean it's a you know, and it sounded like again, it sounded like it was just, just turn up the Marshalls to ten, you know. In uh you know, I like that kind of stuff. It's to me it's a little bit little bit heavier guitar than the Ramones. Like I always still thought the Ramones were cool, but I wanted a little bit more crunch from the guitars, you know, that came from the Ramones. Okay,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, I mean, when we do these episodes, I generally check out the stuff that you that you bring up, um, and you know, just a, something new to listen to because I am.
0: I am pretty narrow-minded, sadly. <laughs> so I did. I did write down "Cataclysm Bound in Chains." I, 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 let's see how long I last listening to this song. Yeah, should we do it I, over under because I know the stuff aching. In it is is just a just a skosh heavier than you and I could tolerate.
1: Yeah, he's he's definitely dude. He he, he listens to everything, man. If you're friends with him on Facebook, he'll he'll post some days when he's working. Um, and he'll be like, yeah, you know, getting some stuff done today. And he'll post what he's listening to. Right. And man, he'll go from like cataclysm to like the the most light pop, like, you know, like fit, like the babies or something. It's like the right. weirdest thing. So, yeah, he's he's definitely it. man. Oh, man. Look at Chastity. I am truly jealous. She says, John, speaking of Star Wars, my local theater is doing a Star Wars marathon in May. You've got to go. You've got to go. Is there some kind of anniversary coming up again? or? Um, It is the 20, 25th anniversary? Let me think. Nine, yeah, 25th anniversary of uh, Phantom Menace. They're actually re-releasing that in theaters in May. So is there some kind of anniversary coming up or something? Oh, shut up. <laughs> JG3 says he's surprised that Aiken didn't drop some bloodbath. I know that's a band that he listens to. So like I said, I mean... Jay, I know you tuned in a few minutes late, but yeah, he said he had like 50 records he could have chosen from. So, whereas I'm like struggling to get eight, Aiken's like, (laughs) whittle out like 40 records. Yeah. (laughs) And again, like I said, I I looked up 2003 and thankfully that one is going to be a a lot easier for me to find albums. What's going to be a pain for me is what to cut out. But, uh, you
0: know. Here's a a question, not Dream Theater all. John, are you excited for Dune 2?
1: I did not even see dune one i'll be honest with you
0: dune one looks killer it's still on streaming i i'm debating trying to watch it or not i don't know i have to i have to get
1: my older brother to watch that because he and my mother are enormous fans of the book okay uh they they they're huge book readers and they you know swap stuff you know books between themselves a bunch and they were huge fans of dune when i was a kid so they didn't like the movie that was out of that you know previously which i heard is Pretty oh, much yeah, nobody does but
0: one from 84 or whatever yeah, yeah. i tried watching that and it, it doesn't hold up either even if you yeah. liked it i don't think it holds up
1: yeah but i you know i i heard that this you know these movies are awesome jay so um i'll i have to see if my brother watched that because i know he's a big a big fan of the of the novel so um well cool man yeah like i say 2003 is the next one we'll do but it will not be our next episode we'll figure something out for that uh, as usual we got some cool stuff coming up i know we have to do uh the uh the song ranking for systematic chaos we got that coming up we still have to do our album deep dive uh into the astonishing so we have to do that uh i'm getting author uh steven rosen back on we're going to do a deep dive of fair warning i was actually in the process Mm -hmm. of trying to set that up when you when you said hey we're doing this and then you 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 posted about it so tonight's show was going to be my it's it's my birthday on monday so this was my birthday show and you hijacked it so thanks for that sorry about Um, that (laughs) but um yeah and you know i want to get paul loge back on because he wanted to talk about uh queens reich's empire album which of course me and you that's definitely one of our favorites um are you going to that queens reich show here in a couple months are we doing that
0: well it's funny you say that so I probably will not. Well, I know it's not a probably. I will be returning from the Monsters of Rock cruise flying back two weeks from tonight. Okay. And Queen's Reich is on that cruise. Wow. Okay. Now, from what I understand, though, they are not playing what they're doing on this tour, which is um, Queen of the Reich and the Warning in their entirety. So... I do not have tickets. I may still try to if I can find some in the balcony, which we're probably going to cost God knows what. Are you going or?
1: Oh, I have to. I mean, Armored Saints on there. I want to see John Bush. I'm not the biggest Armored Saint fan. I mean, there, there's some really good stuff, but I, I thought that was a band I would like a little bit more than I
0: do. But... They're going to be like the second band I see on the cruise. Armored Saints on there as well. So that's kind of another reason where I was like, I don't know about going to the show here because I literally I could see both bands twice on the cruise. Right. And that's, I like, I just, any anytime I get a
1: chance to see Queensryche, I'm going, it's always so goddamn good. And especially if they're doing all that old stuff that, you know, honestly, I never really listened to those two records. So I, I actually have to go through and listen to them. It's going to be kind of a new thing for me.
0: Oh man. The warning is so, so we talked before you guys warning. were talking about the uh, re-recording of those uh Sepultura albums. Sepultura. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <Nice>. Sepultura. <laughs> Sepultura. <laughs> Sepultura, uh, of those recording those (laughs) albums, and like I I mean, I would love. It has to be, I think, with well, I think it has to be with Latory, which I don't even know how that would work out contractually. Get Latory to re-record Queen of the Reich in the Warning with modern recording technology. I would just love to hear that. Yeah, because specifically Queen of the Reich is, you know, I mean, that sounds as dated and old as the recording. I mean, it does sound like they stepped right out of 1981 or whatever when they probably actually recorded it. <laughs> yeah. and it was re- released in, what, 83, I think.
1: It's still so good, though, man. Oh, it's still it's still mm-hmm.
0: amazing. And, and the warning, I still like the guitars on that, but I would just love to hear that re-recorded. But uh, all that being said, if you want to do your birthday show and have an even bigger present of me not being there, you can do the show in two weeks. You can do your Van Halen show without me. I'm not going to be offended um uh, or you could do a totally different show but uh, yeah i'll definitely be out because I, my flight doesn't even i think we don't even get back to cleveland until close to eight o'clock okay well i so. will i will
1: i will find something maybe i can get steve on and we'll just we'll just nerd out on some van halen talk you know i'll be like Sounds hey man good, let's man. do it <laughs> that would be that would be absolutely amazing hey steve can you come on just a bullshit van halen like let's do it so Look at this. Mike L. He says, I was in a Queens tribute band, so they are ruined for me. No shit. Mike, what 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 position in the band were you? Were you Eddie Jackson, Michael Wilton, DeGarma? Were you Jeff Tate? Were you Scott Rockenfeld? Like, who who were you? You gotta let us know that. So, um, well, man, that was a blast. Uh again, always a good idea when you do this. And we're we're starting to get into he's okay. Mike says he was drums. So he was Rockenfeld so did you go crazy like scott rockenfeld did too oh sorry allegedly um anyway so yeah good idea on this man these are always fun this one was a little difficult but i i think we've said before like getting into the later 2000s and especially the teens and all that we're gonna have a hard time coming up with (laughs) records we're gonna have to we're gonna have to combine years you know the Mancini era is going to be all like let's let's just do eight records from every year of the Mancini era but um
0: well, it'll be easier for me because I get more into newer stuff than you do. You're you're really gonna struggle, man.
1: Yeah, I unless it's a band I already know. Like I don't listen to anything like, but but I also can't really find much, unless it comes up. You know, when I'm listening to something older and it like, cause cause I have my Amazon set to where it'll just queue up new stuff. Okay. Like once once an album ends, it'll it'll be like, oh, here's something that sounds like that. So I find a lot of bands like that. It's like, oh, I never heard this before. It just popped up. So right um you know Shane mac you are completely right good to see you brother by the way he says most new music sucks yeah tell me about it
0: <laughs> so. well the, the problem is is there there's a lot of good stuff but you got to dig because there's just it's just a glut there's too much you know like yeah it, we won't go into this but you know it used <laughs> to be it, it used to be you get you a couple records to sort of grow and get to your stuff together now it's just anyone can put anything out you know and it's, it's out there so
1: well they can't all be mammoth wvh so let's leave it at that.
0: Right. All right, Huge man. <laughs> All right,
1: guys. Well, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a dream theater centric podcast. Again, major thanks to my very, very good buddy, Chris Aiken, for jumping on and uh being a part of the show tonight. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to click that like button, click that subscribe button, and hit that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. We are going to be right back here in two weeks. It will be, let's see, what will be the what will the date be like first 2nd second, it'll be March 6th. So it'll be, uh, will it be March 6th? No, 7th. It'll be March 7th. So Thursday, March 7th, uh, at 7 30 PM Eastern standard time. So tune in for that. Brian will be off, but I will be here. I will be doing something. So I will have a guest host with me and we will be talking about something, something musical. I will see if there's a dream theater topic. And if there's not, then it'll be something cool. So, um, tune in for that it'll be awesome and uh as always guys to all of you in the chat you guys are excellent thanks for driving the show uh mike l jg3 Shane mac obviously kale mcleish uh ali's studio and our, our good buddy from spain all the way from spain Josox atlantis i know i'm brutalizing that but uh thanks guys for tuning in, in the chat and uh real quick before we go again chastity crawley uh major major condolences hope you and your family are doing as well as can be expected and um major prayers and much love out to all you so um hope you get through this as well as you can so uh until next time guys he's brian i am john and as always y'all we love you and carpe diem